He was an up-and-coming DJ, coming down off of days of partying. Then he fell asleep behind the wheel. Hey, I'm Ali Domersant. This is a snapshot testimony from Bert, who listens to Moody Radio from the western suburbs of Chicago. The car wreck on that lonely desert road knocked him unconscious and ejected his three friends who were riding with him. But Bert says God used a broken neck to ultimately save him from himself. So take me back to the night of this car accident. It's 1990. What are you doing? Where are you going? What's going on in your life? Oh, man, Ellie, let me tell you. So here's what's going on in context. I just had gotten one of the uh, one of the DJ spots at a nightclub in Chicago that was opening up, and it was New York in Chicago. So it was attitude. It was all these things. Mm. And music was my life at this time. This was an exciting step for you then. It's huge. It's huge. Because just about every DJ had, because you had to do auditions, you literally had to go into the club. You had to play like a 30-minute set. So it, it was a big deal. A lot yeah. of DJs went through it. So I get the coveted uh, residency for a Saturday night. Okay. So, you know, we're starting on April, whatever it was, the first week of April, 1990. So I decide... Let me go on like a vacation because once I like start working, you never really want to stop. I decide I'm going to go on this trip. Like, let yeah. me just take a vacation, get my best friend. My buddy's in the Marines. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go on this trip, leave on a Thursday and just go check him out. He's stationed in Yuma, Arizona full time. So he's a full time Marine. We uh, fly into Phoenix. And, you know, because I'm a DJ and, you know, yes, I was partying. And yes, beer was maybe my favorite drink. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was doing. We fly into Phoenix, and then we uh, you know, kind of paid to tell red that first night. Going into Saturday, we have to go to Yuma. That's about a three-hour drive. So go see my buddy in the Marines because he was working on that Friday night. So, you know, we kind of hang out in Yuma. He's like, hey, let's go to San Diego. It's not that far. We're like, oh, awesome. Phoenix, Yuma. Now we're going to go to San Diego. Go to yeah. San Diego. Uh, come back from San Diego, kind of in Yuma, eat. He's like, hey, great little club that all the Marines go to. It's in Mexicali, which is Baja, California. It's like, you know, just a two-hour drive. Awesome. You know, so here, my buddy, the Marine, totally inebriated. Mm -hmm. So I get lost for two hours, lose my buzz, all that stuff. And what all this has done with little sleep in, you know, two and a half, three days, visited four cities now at this point. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. There's three other people in the car, so I've got my buddy, uh, my best friend, and then um, the Marine's girlfriend is with me in the car. So on the way back after loss in this town, <clears throat> we're driving. I'm driving. Everybody yeah. else is asleep. I fall asleep behind the wheel. Wow. So when I come to, we were literally in near Calexico, California. It's nothing but desert. There's no lights. There's nothing. Um, when I come to, I see that I am driving in the desert. And I look and I said, oh, I got to get back on the road. So I turn my wheel and the car rolls, flips, it does whatever. I'm gone. I'm gone. Oh, man. The story then told to me was the other three in the car were thrown out of the car. Mm. It's dark. They said, that, and this is them telling me, they were searching for me in the desert, right? In the dark. It's pitch dark except moonlight. And they're like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Did anybody check the car? So they come running back to the car. Sure enough. I am rolled over. The car is rolled over. I have basically slipped onto just like I'm upside down. So I hear them as I'm coming back to. They're slapping mm -hmm. me and I hear bird, 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 bird. And um, 
they pull me out of the car and they said, I was like, what happened? And I can't see. Later on, I found out there was sand and blood kind of covered my eyes. So I, you know, I'm trying to come to my buddy's girlfriend as a nurse. She's preventing me from uh, going in the shock. They're like, mm. we had an accident. We think we're not sure what happened. You know, we got thrown out of the car. We're looking for you. You're here. I can only hear them audibly. And uh, I was like, just kind of dazed. And then like all of a sudden out of nowhere, they're telling me there's a black Chevy Blazer that just came out of nowhere. Two guys look out and say, hey, do you need help? Wow. And they say, yes, we need help with, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm hearing them. I never saw them. I heard this. I heard them yeah. drive away. And then not long after that, an ambulance shows up, gets me into, it gets us all three of us, or four of us, I should say, into an emergency room. We're in Calexo, California, small hospital so small and this is on a weekend now it's sunday april 1st actually um they had to, they took x-rays it had to be sent to the next town just to get them read so i'm in excruciating pain i feel nothing in my right arm um i can't see and i kind of feel my head is down to the left so you know here in emergency room i hear the doctors come back we're about eight hours in the emergency room they said okay well the x-rays came back clean. Uh, they put me in a soft neck brace. It was like, we know you, you know, you had this accident, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Follow up with your doctor and internist whenever you get back home, when you understand you're from out of town, blah, blah, blah. Okay. That's fine. So cut the trip short, obviously, Allie. Yeah. <laughs> Go back home, right? I'm in Chicago. So helped in and out. I've helped with bags, but I'm on a flight. Like I, you know, walk on with my flight with my uh, best friend, who's not my brother-in-law and I'm helped home. I'm helped in and out of bed. Uh, make a, an appointment to go see my doctor at a local hospital. It was about five blocks away from my house. And so I walked to the hospital and doctor sees me and says, hey, I've slated just to get some x-rays done, right? Okay, I'll go down. Still in this pain, enough, no feeling in my right arm. I got a soft neck brace. My head's down to the left. I'm waiting for the, the, uh, the x-ray technologist to come in and take, um, take the x-ray. And I'm just sitting there and she comes in and she puts this, this is now I'm dating myself, but they used to put these big lead things on you and yes. she went and hid behind the glass. Mm -hmm. And I heard her take a couple of shots, you know, choo -choo -choo -choo, hearing that. And then I see her duck her head out and she goes back in and she goes, Mr. Blanchard, are you okay? I said, well, no, <laughs> but for this pain, you know, <laughs> you know, she goes, I'll be right back. Don't move. Whoa. Puts the neck brace back on me because she had taken off just to take the x-ray. And she leaves for whatever amount of time it is. And all of a sudden, boom, Allie, I, here comes this wheelchair, hard neck brace sitting in a wheelchair. Some doctor in his long lab coat, don't remember his name, Mr. Blanchard, I am doctor, blah, blah, blah. Takes off the second neck brace, puts the hard one on. And he says to me, he stoops down and says, I don't know how else to tell you this, but we took an x-ray x-ray technicians called me your neck is broken in three places wow and we don't understand how you got here he literally said so c2 the nape of your neck everybody's got a c2 uh was fractured which is broken my vertebrae c6 and 7 i know people won't be able to see this but basically the vertebrae should have been sitting on each other like this your spine should be intact yeah. my vertebrae six and seven c6 and seven were literally hanging loose Oh, and he looked at me and goodness. said, there is no way your six and seven should have collapsed. You should be dead or paralyzed. How are you here? And Ellie and I said to him, you don't understand. I need to be at this nightclub that I just got one of the hottest spots, DJ oh, spots for 
on Saturday, LA music was my life. Like I wanted to be all about the party, DJing, it was my life. He says, okay, I don't know what this is, but you will not be there on Saturday. That's for sure. Let me explain. So you, the gravity of it has not hit you. I mean, you, you're thinking, okay, that all that all sounds not great, but <laughs> I got plans on Saturday and I yeah. can't change them. You have no idea. You right? don't understand. I am Bert Nonstop Blanchard. I start this place on Saturday. That's going through my head. I need to rock the floor on Saturday night. It is opening weekend. He's like, yeah, you're not going to be there. So what he then told me is like, here's our plan. Um, You're young enough. We, you know, what we're going to try to do from what we see, we're going to try to align you naturally. So they put me in what they call a striker frame. Uh, There was a, it was just a, a, a flat board that was your bed and you did everything in that board. They would just flip you. So when I would go to eat, they would just flip me over and put a meal in in it. It would kept my neck stationary. For how long? That was a week. So they thought, you know, let's see what happens at the end of the week. Well, it didn't work, Ellie. So plan B was, okay, we're going to have to fuse your neck because literally it's still broken. They grabbed some of my own bone. They filled in C2. And then what they did is they put rods in my neck for um, to sort of stabilize everything else, which yeah. I still have in my neck to this day. Oh, and to this day, people say, man, you look like you did you wake up, you know, with a crook in your neck? And it's like, that's eh, a great story. Let me tell you about it. Right. <laughs> I used to have this model. It was like I was in church on Sunday, was drinking on Monday. It's all about the party. It was yeah. all about the party and music. So from that time forward, I just spent the rest of the time in uh, in the hospital. And, you know, what they told me was you just, this doesn't happen. You should either be, according to the world, you should be dead or paralyzed, right? It just didn't hit me. Like, miracle wasn't running through my head. I just, you know, I, I knew about God, but I really didn't know him. And you would yeah. think, right? you're this miracle. They're telling you right. you're this miracle. You would and think, dude, you're alive. And I'm like, yeah. It didn't really. But I'm not So spinning. when did your focus change from, I just got to get back to the party. I just got to get back to this life yeah. to, whoa, this is a wake up call. When did that change? Yeah. So I will tell you, after that surgery, I had a three month uh, in this brace. I did have to learn how to walk again. I'd been you know, in a bed for about a month. Um, and then there was six months of rehab. Yeah. And I will tell you, Allie, it was, God was just tapping. He was tapping me like, listen to what they're saying. My mom, it was the first time I heard people were interceding for me. You know, I heard mm. people praying for me. I never knew these terms in the particular church I was in. And we didn't have a Bible. Like, you know, it was kind of taught at you, right? But, you know, I got a Bible in my hands, was reading some Psalms. So what I will tell you is I was on this journey from that point forward. God was just moving me. He was putting people in my life. But I will tell you, it was another couple of years before it really hit me. Yeah. Because I did go back to the clubs and all those things. But there was, he was just tapping my shoulder like, something special happened to you. And I'm letting you walk through this so you get it. Like, you get it. And so I was on this journey and, you know, after a while, I was at work actually, and there was a Bible study. And it actually was there that I actually uh, first got saved. It was mm-hmm. on the job. We had a Bible study at this particular place I worked at and um, started answering some questions. And I have been on fire since. Wow. So what do you do when you, all of a sudden, your life is kind of turned upside down? Well, first by the, the accident, but then by this new faith, this new thing to live for. How did your life change? What I realize is if you're open to hearing God, if you're open to receiving what you're hearing, 
and I mean, get into the word and letting the Holy Spirit talk to you. It was in those quiet moments, you know, as I talked like right after I got out of the hospital, those, those nine months, um, there were some lonely times. I had a lot of questions. I, in fact, there was a little bit of depression. I, you know, there were people that had had similar breaks and, you know, they were paralyzed or quadriplegic or, you know, like, so I struggled a little bit. I really mm. did. But I will tell you in, in getting in the word, really starting to hear, really starting to just, you know, I was alone in a lot of those thoughts. And so some of that comfort as I was reading the word, just things just started to spark and things just started to, makes sense. So it, it kind of was just a, a longer journey mm-hmm. as I learned to listen to them. And that's why I'm just so on fire. Did music get uh, demoted in terms of its place in your heart and in your life? It's still big. It's still big. I still love music. I love music so much. But um, yeah, when he was, ta- I did eventually kind of stop the nightclub scene uh, that was drying up. And I was just, it was funny because they kept just pressing and I kept pressing and doing things into my own and things were just, things were just falling off. Things mm. were just falling off. Even yeah. after I did, you know, gotten saved. Right. I just was like, I just like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Yeah. And so it really was just him constantly tapping and just starting to experience his love to Christ and Holy spirit. When I learned about Holy spirit and just him guiding you, if you'll just listen, he's the comforter, right? He's the spirit of truth. He's going to mm. guide you in a way you should go. When I figured that out and stopped, listening to myself or spinning in my head what I thought I should be doing and just really letting him guide and lead changed everything. Wow. Do you think that accident saved your life? <sighs> wow. You know, I guess I'll never know, really, except that I'd have to say it did. You know, I, I don't, I, that's a great question. I don't know where I'd be if it didn't happen. I still see people from the, the nightclub scene and it's just I'm different, right? So I'm a different person, but it's uh, yeah, you know, it's a fire to be uh, in Christ. You know, all I know to do is just do what He says do, mm-hmm. and I can just do the best me that I can do, but through Him. Snapshot Testimony is a Moody Radio podcast and short feature. If you enjoyed today's episode, would you be willing to leave a review? Your feedback really helps. I'm your host, Ali Domersant. Together, we're sharing the moments that shape our faith in Christ. 